Good morning, and welcome to Old Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Anita J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, July 21st, 2017. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we're going to be reading from the big book, and we are on page 73, the very first paragraph, which begins, more than most people, we're going to read through three paragraphs, ending with, and their chance for recovery. Comments will be uh, on all three paragraphs. Today's readers are on the 12 steps, Tenzin P, the 12 traditions, Rachel N. M. And the readers of the text this morning are Lauren and... Here if you need me. Oh, you are here. I I lost my phone. Comcast went out, but it just came back on. Okay, Nancy. Then we'll we'll keep you. All right. Thank you. You ready for them? Not yet. No, no, no. Okay. Hold on. Gotcha. The share ID numbers for yesterday... Thursday, July 20th, are for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, 10,082, 182, excuse me, 10182. And for the 10 10 o'clock meeting, it's 10,184. That's 10184. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask <clears throat> Tenzin, <clears throat> excuse me, Tenzin P to read for us the OA 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P from uh, New York calling in. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves 
could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for our knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. I pass. Thanks so much, Tenzin P. I will now ask Nancy H. to read always 12 traditions. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry I couldn't check in, but I didn't have a phone. (laughs) Okay, Uh, 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm Nancy. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thanks very much, Nancy H. How our meeting works. 
Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two or three from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book and we are on page 73. We're going to be reading three paragraphs, beginning with more than most people. That's the first paragraph. And ending with their chance for recovery. And comments will be taken on all three paragraphs. I will now ask Lauren N. to get us started. Lauren. Good morning, Anita J. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. The inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. Coming to his senses, he is revolted at certain episodes he vaguely remembers. These memories are a nightmare. He trembles to think someone might have observed him. As fast as he can, he pushes these memories far inside himself. He hopes he will never see the light. They will never see the light of day. He is under constant fear and tension. This makes for more drinking. Psychologists are inclined to agree with us. We have spent thousands of dollars for examinations. We know but few instances where we have given these doctors a fair break. We have seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. Unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we were, we were honest with no one else. Small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery. 
Wow. This reading speaks to me so incredibly. Anita, will you time me? I I don't have my timer on. I have it on. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. I certainly do. Even this morning when I have been recovered for almost 11 months, I know I lead a double life. I have this side of me that wants everybody else to see and the part of me that doesn't believe that side is true. The inconsistency between the two sides is the problem. I have the part inside me that doesn't believe I'm worth anything good. The part inside me that is so sad and so unbelievably not worthy. And then the part of me that wants everybody else to see that I am just as worthy as anybody. Thank God it's Friday because with my sponsor, I work Fear Fridays every day, every Friday. And with that, I am allowed to let the light shine on that fear that I'm not good enough and let the sunlight of the spirit take it away, at least for the moment. And let the front, the outside match the insides for at least a moment. And I get to remember that every day I wake up. For today, I am thankfully a recovered person because of this line and because of all the gods on this line that wear skin. And thank you all for being here and reminding me that I am a wonderful person on the inside as well as on the outside. And Anita, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Lauren. All right. Who else would like to share? Jackie Matthew B. Matthew R. Kim G. Just a min- Kim Jackie G. Wait B. A minute, wait a minute, please. Kim G. Jackie B. There, but there was one voice I didn't Lisa hear. Lisa B. Matthew R. Just a minute. Just a minute. Madam. Tina R. Julia R. Listen, and Julia, let me say these names, please, and because there's one one that's not. It was up near the front. I have Larry, Lisa B, Kim G, Jackie B, Matt M, um, Tina, and Julia. Who is the other voice? Oh, maybe I got you all. All right. Well, that's plenty anyway. We'll just start with that seven of you. All right, Larry, followed by Lisa B. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Not an easy job, right? 
not always an easy job. Uh, thanks for your service. Um, Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. The, um, so uh, we're, I guess I'll just focus on more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. You know, um, we may be more comfortable thinking of these different selves as uh, different aspects of yourself sometimes. See, and the thing is, you know, our psychological health comes from integrating these different selves. That's how I generally look at them. But I also know that the feeling is often that there's a completely different being sometimes inhabiting my body right now, you know. And, you know, it's when everything, you know, seems to be set to show me off as a man of intelligence, let's say, the fool that I keep concealed on my person takes over my talk and occupies my mouth sometimes, you know. And, and so, you know, these different selves, um, if you prefer, different unintegrated aspects of yourself serve a very important function. They, they represent our ability to respond and adapt to different situations and different people. But see, for a guy like me, unfortunately, these adaptations aren't always in my favor. For example, when my narcissistic self comes out and I act out in selfish ways or, or say when I so badly want to impress you, I end up stepping on toes and hurting others. And what recovery does uh, for me, among many other beautiful changes that God has made within me, is it allows for a healthier integration of self. So it's, it's kind of like, at least now these, these different selves, they're out in the open, right? They're even shaking hands. Now I guess I have to get them to talk to each other once in a while. See, what, what program does for me is this practical program of action is we begin to reveal our true inner selves. And with my higher power at the wheel here, I'm no longer as sick as my secrets because I've been gratefully, gratefully unmasked, unmasked. I, the masks have been taken off. So there's, there's, it's, 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 it's very infrequent that I feel I'm, I'm hiding anymore. It, it happens sometimes. I'm human, but, and, and boy, that's a freedom. And that's a freedom that didn't come from therapy and it didn't come from book learning and didn't come from talking about it. It came from taking, you know, picking up this spiritual toolkit. That's where the change happened for me. So very grateful and I'd like to hear what other folks have to say. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Anita. Thank you very much, Larry Kay. Lisa B. followed by Kim G. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Anita. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I've read this passage many times over the years, but it never really meant anything to me because I had not done the work in the previous pages being entirely abstinent and working with recovered sponsors. And it just is amazing how this these paragraphs speak so much to me. I really feel like I was born with a huge knot in my stomach. Um, I was born with this anxious apartness. I always felt apart from something and I couldn't ever place my finger on what. And, you know, these 12 steps allow for me to be um, in alignment with my higher power, my creator. I am congruent today. And when I'm not, I have steps that I can do, my 10th step. I can take these paragraphs and incorporate this in my nightly review. 
Um, sprees. Oh, my goodness. I lived on sprees. Sprees would last for me for days, months, and years, and I just would live in the effects of sprees. I was so used to being in sprees, for sprees of resentment, anger, jealousy, uh, self-pity, um, just anything. You name it. Shopping sprees, of course, the food sprees. I was convinced that I was not enough, that I wasn't doing enough, that I would never be enough. And I was horrified that you would see all these things about me. So I just was dancing and doing crazy things to be enough, do enough, show that I am enough, that I am enough. Or I felt that I was better than you. I was convinced that I was better than you or I was con- I convinced that I was truly the bottom of the heap, the worst of the worst. All of those things was about self. It just blocked me, blocked me from my higher power. And I spent years in therapy, you know, and the therapy definitely helped. But it wasn't really until I worked these 12 steps, lived these 12 steps. First, I needed to put my my drugs down, my alcoholic foods, all of them, and looked at my alcoholic food behaviors. And I needed to grab hold of a recovered sponsor that worked these 12 steps all the while being entirely abstinent had this personality change, the spiritual awakening, and was able to help me understand what the words in this book mean. And now today I am free. And when I have a, a spree, I immediately stop. I turn. I ask my higher power for help. I share it with another. I see what parts of my character defects were were um, engaged and what am I doing because I'm blocked off then from my higher power. And then I turn to be helpful to another. But I live these steps every day and it keeps me free. That anxious apartness, that spiritual malady is what drove me my whole my whole life. So with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Lisa B. Kim G., you are up. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And these two paragraphs, they mean so much to me today. Um, more than most people, the alcoholic lead a double life. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. You know, I was pretty proud at, um, one year in college. My roommate nicknamed me the chameleon because depending on who walked in the room, I would become a totally different person. Because, you see, I learned as a child that if I can stay quiet and listen to you and learn what you want and I become that person, then you're not going to leave me. I lived in fear that way because, you see, I believed I wanted that certain reputation. I mean, I might know I'm a piece of crap, but if I can make you believe I have some worth, then I'm going to have some worth. No wonder I, I, I had to eat. How could I live in that, live that way? But I have to tell you, you know, I, one of my, my spiritual mentors, he always, he always said, one of the first meetings I went to when I saw him was, the big book meets you where you are, and, he ele- and it elevates you from there. So as a recovered woman, how do I internalize these paragraphs? Where it says here, the inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. And I'm so glad Lisa brought that out. I haven't had a food spree in six and a half years. So, so where do I spree now? Where do I go? I, I spree on fear. I'll spree on anger. I'll spree on gossip. I'll spree on judgment. And if I continue to do that, See, I'm going to become under constant, uh, constant fear and tension, and that's going to make more for more eating. So if I don't deal with these things that I go to besides the higher power, if I don't work these steps on a daily basis, because I'm going to get restless, I'm going to get irritable, I'm going to get discontent if I live this double life, 
If I'm fearful of, oh, my gosh, I can't show that I'm weak. My God, I am Kim G on a vision for you. I cannot show weakness. What's going to happen with me? That ism, that, that alcoholism, that internal spiritual malady is going to return. So I am going to eat again if I spree on all these things, all those defects that I learned, that I'm going to learn in step five, that I'm going to be brought up in step six and seven, and I'm going to find a way out by turning it over to a higher power in 10 and 11. So these paragraphs to me are not just relevant as I'm going through these steps for the first time and I'm beginning to be introduced in step five. These paragraphs are really, very, very relevant to me as a recovered woman. And I need to look at this because if I do not recognize that if I go into restless, irritable discontent, anger, resentment, fear, gossip, and judgment, and I don't treat that malady on a daily basis, I eventually, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, and maybe not even next week, but I will eat again if I don't address the larger aspect of my disease. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kim G. Jackie, followed by Matt. Good morning, Jackie. Hi, this is Jackie B. Can I be heard? Yes, yes. Hi. Thank you so much, Anita. Thank you, everyone, for your share and your service. Tell you the truth, all the shares made me feel like I already shared. Uh, that's how much I identify with everybody. Um, you know, I always thought that the way to uh, figure out what my value was was how people, how important people made me. How was I important in their life? You know, from an early age as a kid, um, I remember holding my mother and my father's hand, and I would loosen my hand to see if my hand would drop through theirs. And I determined that if my hand did not drop, they loved me. And if they dropped, they didn't really love me, and I had to work harder. Um, I thought buying things and doing things for my sister, for everyone in my life, um, you know, even the the the, the nearest uh, friend I thought was a friend. If I did things at their way, they would find me important. They would say, "Oh, we gotta remember to take Jackie with us. We gotta remember that Jackie is part of us." Um, and it's not until, even though I've been in programs on all forms of steps and stuff, it wasn't until I started to really, really work this program through the big book that I started to realize that, you know where love comes from? Love comes from when I admit who I am. All warts and all failings and all lovings and all shortcomings and all positives and negatives and say, hey, this is Jackie. And you know what? Jackie may not be perfect, and I have flaws. And they may try to manipulate you through negative uh, reinforcement, but you know what? That's okay because you know what? As long as I put it out there, I am aware, and I ask my higher power every day to help me deal with those little quirks of mine so that I can be of service to other people to my family, to my friends, to the stranger on the street, to my fellows in uh, the big book and in Overeaters Anonymous, then I will have worth. And I don't need anyone to tell me how I am worthy. 
What I have to do is take my action. You know, the proof is in, excuse my language, in the pudding. Um, and that is the action. The actions I take today, the behavior I, I present to others is what is my worth. And asking my higher power to walk with me in that journey as well as my fellow. And that is what I've learned today. And for that, I don't eat. For that, the food does not call me. For that, I would go to any lengths to, to have my abstinent food so that I have a clear mind, a clear body to help others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks very much, Jackie B. Madam, you're up, followed by Tina S. Thank you, Anita. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Anita. This is Matt M. Compulsive over here from New Jersey. These paragraphs, I, when I read them originally, I, I wrote, um, I crossed out he and um, them and, and they, and I, I, I wrote it in the first person, so it's like more than most people uh, I've always in double life. I am very much the actor because this is how I live my life, you know. I was very much like the actor who was trying to run the whole show. You know, I present my stage character to people and what I want them to see, but inside I really don't believe I enjoy it. I, I, deserve, I deserve the attention and the applause. When people tell me how much they love hearing me on the line, it just gets me because I, don't, I, don't, I, I always beat myself up and put myself down. And um, I try to read this every day because it keeps me humble, tries to keep me humble because I'm an egomaniac with low self-esteem and uh, it's not a, good, not a good combination to be, to be with. You know, I feel like I deserve the accolades and I turn around and I pull down and hop my head that I don't deserve the accolades I'm picking up. So I'm grateful today I don't have to do that anymore. It's a whole cycle that I'm trying to break, and it's getting easier every day. The more I stay abstinent, the longer I stay abstinent. And um, I'm grateful I just ha- I don't have to be so self-destructive anymore. I can be more other-centered as well. And I'm grateful that that's the one, that's my goal that I hold that I want to achieve for today. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Well, thanks very much, Madam. Tina S., you're up, followed by Julia R. Thanks, Anita, but I didn't speak up, so I'll pass. Thanks again. Oh, <laughs> okay. Julie. Hi, thanks, Anita. This is Julie, our recovered compulsive overeater in California. Oh, there's so much stuff in this. Um, these three paragraphs. Basically, what everybody else has talked about, the actor, right, or most people, the alcoholic, leaves a double life. You know, that was me. Um, it didn't matter if I was. 300 pounds or a normal body weight. I could be what anybody wanted me to be. And what was I going to do if they found out that I really wasn't good enough? I work in a profession where most people, I would say 99% of them who have my position have at least a master's degree. I don't have any degree, but yet nobody would know that. And it's like I was always waiting for someone to realize, oh, my gosh, she's not educated. Inside, I would fear in, in all the meetings with the defense contractors or whatever, if they only knew who I was. And, but then I could act the part because I really was confident and capable. But yet in my mind, it was always something that then I could go on a spree, right? And that when I was eating, when I shared this before, when they would leave and do a tour, I would eat the huge muffins, like 10 of them, like an animal. If somebody ever walked in and witnessed what I was doing, they probably would have taken me to a mental institution. Here is this executive woman having crumbs fall down her shirt and, and the, the, the aftermath of what she's done. 
But fast forward to being a recovered woman, like some of people have already shared, you know, I could be in the rooms and still have these isms. You know, what about spending? If I'm overspending, if I'm um, having inappropriate relationships, if I am character assassinating, those are all triggers that I am untreated, even though I am recovered. So I still have to watch for that stuff. And thank God for the 11th Step Nightly Review because it points those kind of things out. So, it, you know, it's really, it, it's something I wake up untreated every morning and I have to give my life over to my God and do action every day because I will be on page 52. I will have all those bedevilments be active while I'm recovered and then I don't become recovered and then I pick up. So. I've done enough sprees prior to becoming recovered that as soon as I or my sponsor points one out, I can stop and say, oh, wow, I have had um, character assassination three times on my nightly review. So then I, you know, double up some effort working with someone. But, um, yeah, you know, if anybody ever saw me in action, I think I would have scared them. And today it's like I don't have to worry about that one day at a time if I live a spiritual life. And um, thank you for everyone being here. Pass. Thanks so much, Julia. All right. Who else would like to share on these three paragraphs on page 73? Katie G. Katie G. Laura G. Laura H. Barbara E. Barbara E. Katie, Barbara, and Laura H. All right, go ahead, Katie G. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, starting my timer in Boston, Mass. What an amazing meeting. And I think the thing that I was struck the most about was um, the doctors. You know, like I'm unwilling to be honest. And um, that's me, unwilling to be honest. Like when I was in seeing all these doctors, Um, psychiatrists, heal me, fix me, you know, they would ask me questions. Um, Are you feeling anxious then? Are you feeling anxious then? And to be honest, I answered my questions based on, you know, are they going to give me what it is I want, which at the time was medication, so I could feel better. So I didn't have to feel better. And so I didn't have to feel how I was feeling. And um, I love what people are talking about today, especially living in a recovered state of mind and body. You know, first and foremost, for me, where my butt has been kicked in this program, and I've been in these rooms for 14 years, is when I, when I like, so I'm a little girl, right? And so the first cognitive thought I had is that, like, you know, it's okay what is going on in this house is treacherous. Food, you, you can go home and eat. And that was, like, my magic feeling, right? That was my magic thought. And so in a recovered state of mind and body, I can still start to think, oh, well, you know, this food, Katie, you can have this food, like not my binge foods, but you can have this food or it's okay if you do this. No, you know, like for me, there's no such thing as a yellow food. My food stays entirely abstinent. And, you know, um, I do the vacation test. Like if I'm not willing to go away and leave the food at home, then, you know, I'm a little attached to the food and that's a problem. And it's, um, am I willing to question daily my willingness to be willing and to be honest? So, and then beyond the food, as so many of our recovered teachers have taught us today, like lying about exercise and, and that exercise becoming my God, right? Because I can't have two gods. I, and, and thinking, okay, if I'm just, 
if I just manage my body, then this man is never going to leave me and we're going to get married and ride off into the sunset and be perfect, right? Or um, being dishonest at work. And if I can just, you know, be dishonest at work for long enough, these are the things that kill me or being unkind. And um, today, thanks be to God, you know, I have, I follow the rigorous structure that, that goes through um, step 10 during the day, my walking around step when I fall short. And I said, when I fall short, when I am disturbed and agitated, you know, I have four steps. I ask God to remove it, to uh, talk to someone immediately, make amends quickly and turn myself uh, into others I can help and then step 11 and where am I falling short in step 11 and for me today you know I'm about to go through the work again why not because I'm an idiot but because I need a new experience with God step one through nine like I'm tired of the old experience with God like I can't live with that I need to get back and get surrendered like yes thank God I am powerless over food and my life is unmanageable and I need to get closer and look at you know where else my life is unmanageable so you know this process continues to uh, I'm going to close with this this process continues to evolve and grow and develop in my willingness to be willing to get close to God and be honest and with that I pass thank you thanks very much uh, Katie Barbara E it's your turn thank you so much I am so glad to be on this meeting I always learn so much I am very much the staged actor to the outside world, I was a people pleaser, I was a rule follower, but I knew in my heart that I was a dishonest, manipulative person. I was revolted by my dishonesty and my hypocrisy and my constant fear of being found out as a fraud. So because of that, I was kept alone. I kept myself aloof so I wouldn't be found out. Even when I went to a professional, I held things back. I didn't want him or her to tell me what I needed to change. I remember my first sponsor 21 years ago saying, if you want to get to the top of the summit and breathe that fresh air, you're going to have to make sure you do all three parts, mental, physical, and spiritual, and you've done the physical, Barbara, but the others, you're still at the very beginning. I lost the weight. Why? I don't know, but I did. But I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy because I lived in constant fear. I'd be found out to be the Wizard of Oz hiding behind the curtain. And because of my character dualities, as I said, I kept feeling alone, not a part of, being a part so you wouldn't learn my true nature. Living the 12 steps this time has changed me and brought me and my character liabilities to the forefront of my mind before I can do further wreckage with my baser nature. I am still having a wonderful, joyous, happy time with my family on vacation that's never happened before. Last night, we were on our way to Geneva in the Finger Lakes to go to a restaurant, and we got a call as we approached it. The power had gone out, and we could not go because they didn't know when they'd get the power back. It could have been a recipe for disaster. I had I quickly Googled something up. My son was uncomfortable with the choice that I, I suggested, but we went 
we ended up having a wonderful time, and now we have a two, a second restaurant that we love. But that's only because I was able not to say we must, but just say, look, it's a suggestion. We can go any place you want. And it worked. We came back. We hugged. We said good night. We all agreed that our stay here was the best ever because of our the way we were with each other. We're on our way home this evening, but I will never be home and and gone from this yeah. meeting. I need this meeting. I need the 12 steps. I need the fellowship. I need the big book. I need you. So thank you all for doing wonderful service by being listeners, being participators, and being here for me. I pass. Thank you. Uh, Laura H., you are up. Good morning, everybody. Uh, This is Laura H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Chicago. Such a powerful, powerful uh, reading today. And, you know, I'm going to kind of talk about what everyone's been talking about because this is me, the double life actor or actress. And uh, self-absorbed, selfish, self-seeking, all of that, and living in a constant state of terror terror that you would find it out um and i like to where it says in the book he remember he trembles to think someone might have observed him as fast as he can he pushes these memories far inside himself some of the things i've done in my past uh you know working with others uh recently and listening to them helps me remember when i did my first fourth step three years ago and and bringing that stuff to the bringing light to it um, it, it's something that is uncomfortable to look at and you feel guilt and shame of, but I know I truly get it. It is a, it is a process. And that for me, my higher power is right with me and already knows about it. So I need to claim it. I need to discuss it. I need to tell another. And if I need to go make an amends, I need to do that quickly. So um, it, it's a powerful tool to be able to say, you know, this is me. This is my fear. This is my anxiety about this issue. And here's where I'm at. It doesn't make me bad. It just is. And, you know, I always have a a talk with God in the morning. And uh, recently I found myself working with lots of other people. And I'm going to be real honest here. This is embarrassing or whatever. But I had to ask God, you know, is, is my working with others is that feeding my ego? Am I doing it because I want to get something from it? Am I doing it to make other people like me? Or, you know, am I doing it from, for other purposes? What's my motive to help others? And, and do I think I'm all that? Which is kind of scary um, because we know what, the, what this book tells us. But, you know, we need to work with others and bring the message forward. So, um I have to always keep that in check and talk with others and ask God to lead me and guide me. And I'm just so grateful that we can come here each day and I can be who I am, uh, take off all the masks, rest in the light, help others, listen and learn. I am teachable. I mean, not I have a sick skull sometimes, but I am teachable. So, so grateful for all of you on the line. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Laura H. 
Let's have three or four more. Penny C. Penny. Kathy V. Leah M. Kathy V. Leah M. Cynthia C. And Cynthia C. All right. Let's hope we get you all in. Maybe we will. Penny C., good morning. You're up good morning, Anita. Thank you for moderating this morning. I'm Penny C., a recovered compulsive overeater from just south of Boston. The second paragraph that was read today uh, is is so reminiscent in, of my my behavior and who I was that it actually, when I read it over last evening, in preparation for being on the meeting today, it it caused so it, it made me almost shiver. It was so difficult to realize what I was like before um, I was able to become transformed by God through the twelve steps. This um, coming to his senses, he's revolted at certain episodes he vaguely remembers. These nightmare, these memories are a nightmare. He trembles to think someone might have observed him. And, and for me, it was constant binging, which led to, to frequent episodes of raging at the least little, little incident. And one incident in particular where I know God had to have my back, where I was dropping off an eight- or nine-year-old daughter at an event, and um, and all the kids were getting out of their cars, going into the gym. It was basketball on, for, for young girls. And one, my daughter just happened to mouth it out, say something that upset me. And I got so enraged, I jumped out of the car, not putting it in gear, and I turned around, and this big old Dodge station wagon was rolling down the the incline that was the road, and two two of my little children in the back seat, and many children getting out of cars. And by the grace of God, I noticed it ran and caught it just in time before there was any real tragedy involved. And that's what I, I need to remember. Not not wallow, not not you know, become upset with that. But that incident reminds me what it was like. More than the binging itself, it was the behavior that I engaged in, and and only only by the grace of God, and I know that today, did 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 I um, notice that car rolling back and be able to stop it just in time. So um you know it's it's more than it's more than the food it's it's my behavior that uh, my attitudes my behavior and the fact that I no longer engage in binging and raging that um I'm brought to this kind of life and uh with that I'll pass thank you Thanks so much Penny C Kathy you're up is that with a C or a K Kathy with a K Okay, okay. And I am Kathy V from Missouri, a recovered alcoholic, or alcoholic, overeater. And this, like, this reading today really um, 
struck me about the double life and being so afraid, trembles to think that someone might have observed him. And I would leave a face-to-face meeting and I would stop at every Arby's on the way home. It was like an hour away. And I would get a couple of the chocolate turnovers and get home and lead an online meeting and just be so, and I mean, and just because of the fear and anxiety that I had inside of me. And it just, to me, it just speaks so much to what actual recovery is through the big book and how simple it is. Because this was when I was doing the, you know, the year long step studies and the, you know, the months and months of fourth step work. So I just, I appreciate this group so much and, and how easy it is and how, how wonderful, you know, the difference it can make in everyone's life. And thank you all, and I pass. Thanks so much, Kathy. Alea M., good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, Anita. I'm looking at that word, uh, inconsistency. The inconsistency, um, you know, is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. And, you know, the unmanageability in active illness was so great. You know, it was kind of like those old-fashioned pinball machines where you pull back the spring and let it loose, and the and the metal ball, like, catapults around the machinery, you know, ding, 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 the lights are going off and the bumpers are going. And, you know, I was just basically being bounced around in my day, reacting to whatever situations and conversations and circumstances arose because I wasn't tethered. You know, it was um, basically self-sufficiency, you know, with my specifications, my wishes, my demands of what would fill me, what would satisfy me. I mean, it's certainly, I certainly tried to be satisfied by contents of a cellophane bag and a bakery box, but I would also try, uh, you know, in relationships, in education, uh, you know, other areas, spending, you know, has been mentioned, all those different areas to get a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction and meaning and purpose in life. Through the program of recovery, um, you know, and, and the pressing into the steps, which is a continuous process, obviously, I became tethered and governed. And what freedom there is in being governed by a higher life, by an elevated life, even though I have a narrow path that I trudge every day, um, and to some it may seem very limiting, but to me, it's freedom, because I know what is expected of me. Now, I may not reach that. I'm still human, and I never rise above that point. But there becomes an integrity and authenticness that becomes possible because there's always a north star. I always know what is expected of me because my life has become, through this process, God-centered rather than self-centered. What does he want for me? What is my role today? Who does he want me to be? 
And, you know, posing that question when we awaken gives me a direction and a path. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But as a recovered person and as someone who went through this process, I became tethered and so now governed and, and uh, you know, that allows all that, um, you know, anxious apartness and, and false masks to fall away, and that's freedom. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Leah M. And Cynthia, 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 Cynthia C., you'll be our last share for this hour. Go ahead. Thank you so much. This is Cynthia C. Thank you for everybody's service in this meeting. Um, mostly, I just I wanted to claim my place and to say um, thanks to all of you the support I got here and really studying the big book um, on a daily basis with all of you that I have 90 days of abstinence, which I'm so grateful for. Um, after 20 year relapse, um, I was so hungry for, not for the food anymore, but so hungry for sanity in my life and reasonableness and a higher power um, and honesty. I was so desperate for honesty and um, you know and that is what and that's that's what this chapter is um, being honest with myself being honest with my higher power being honest with my sponsors being honest with everybody here no more lies no more um, I mean there is acting as if so we can learn to improve ourselves but just no more lies no more double lives um, uh, living learning to live with humility. Um, I just, I don't know, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I just, I feel this um, kind of a serene but, but really deep sense of gratitude um, that I don't need to live in the crazy whirlwind today that I can choose today to stop and listen, pay attention. Um, when I find myself acting out in my character defects, I have some fairly um, simple steps to take, 12 simple steps to take. They're not easy, but they are simple. And that I have the ability today to reach out to people, to do a 10 step each night, to do my 11 step review and learn. I have every day as an opportunity to learn to be more humble, to be honest, and, you know, and to let go of the food, and to let go of the food and to live life on life's terms without binging um, or doing any other of the um, sort of alcoholic modes of behavior that I have. So I just thank you all so very much. Um, thanks. I'll pass. Anita, are you there? Nita J, are you there? Well, if not, we can continue on. Thank you so much for that share, Cynthia. And um, let's move on and finish off this meeting this morning. We will now close this meeting.
with the reading from the big book on page 164. And I'll ask Katie G to please do that this morning. Katie G, are you with us? Oops. Can you hear me? I can now. Thank you. Katie, we Melanie? lost you again. There you are. Melanie, I can hear you I'm now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're okay. Okay. Nate, can you hear me now? I can. Technical difficulties. I'm powerless. Mm-hmm. Ah, a vision for you, big book, page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.